0: Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where supermodifieds are king. Methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Tom Baker
1: hello everyone and welcome to the inside groove super modified podcast my name is tom baker and this is episode 100 of the podcast can't believe we actually got there i am first of all thankful and humbled to every one of you who listen to this show on a weekly basis and have encouraged me and supported the show in any way, shape, or form. Um, a hundred is a number and it's a big number, and um, this is pretty cool, honestly. So, I'm thankful to be at uh, episode 100. Um, and uh, so we've got kind of an interesting show here because we have uh, Tim Proud as our special guest. And uh, I just completed the interview with Tim before uh, I did this segment because that's how we roll with a lot of uh, the shows I do. We, do, we don't we do do the segments in order necessarily and we don't record all of them as sort of one at, you know, the whole show at the same time. So um, I can tell you it is a really cool interview. Uh, and I, I remembered a couple things that I didn't. No, or would i i guess i knew them but uh just had forgotten about them so uh tim tim uh tim did a great job and and uh it was a really cool interview so i'm excited to to present that to you on this show and of course uh um tim's son camden will be on as well to uh talk about uh what happened over the weekend at oswego and uh really excited about all of that um disappointed um, to see so much equipment broken. Um, it's been kind of a tough start at the Big O this year, a tough uh, first couple of weeks as far as damage goes. Um, but uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about too. So looking forward to talking about that. And here's the other thing we're going to do. Um I had said that once we got to show 99 that that was going to be it for what's in the number because then we go into triple digits and of course there are no triple digits in oswego we've had um a few cars over the years i think there was a bingo 151 um along with a bingo five i don't know if it was at the same time and i don't even know if they were the same car car owner way back in those days um but we I remember uh, Donnie Croft had a 231 modified. It was a Gremlin, I think. It was a cool-looking car, and I, I always thought that was neat. Um, and uh, Jimmy Winks uh, brought a modified out a while back with 221 on it in the 70s as well. 221 was, was his dirt number. Um, and But he, you know, again, the track always made Donnie and Jimmy... You know, you covered up one of the numbers, so it was either the thirty-one for Donnie or the twenty-three or whatever. Um, And Jimmy always uh, ran his twenty-two. In fact, when he when he brought his when he bought the what car? It was the seventy-one. It was the Austin Brothers car that he bought. Um, Which, you know, I, I would love to have somebody confirm this for me. If if anybody that that's in our audience knows the fact here um then i'd love to know if this is true but i i always wondered why he decided to buy that car you know and of course again in the 70s i'm a kid so you know you don't know uh and you're not in the pits and talking to the guys and all that so um the rumor or I think I've seen it in even in print or maybe just in some of the groups or whatever. I'm not sure. But over the years for somewhere, I picked up that 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 might have been the because he was trying to sort of duplicate the deuce. He thought he could that car had the roof on it or whatever it was about that car. He thought that, you know, he could uh, replicate the, the deuce. Uh, which, of course, he was the last driver of the Little Deuce. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, but I but I would love to know if anybody was close to Jim at that time. Um, I would love to know what sort of the, the thought process was there. Because, I mean, it was a really nice car. And it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was a bad car. I thought Jimmy actually got quite a bit out of it. He won several heats, consies, whatever, semis. But just uh, never did win a feature. He led a bunch of them, but just couldn't get the job done with it. Uh, And so I'm not really, I always kind of wondered. And uh, gosh, Jimmy was one of those drivers I wish I could have interviewed for one of these shows. Boy, the history there, right? I mean, ran on dirt, ran on asphalt, all kinds of different cars, drove for a bunch of car owners. Oh, that would have been an amazing interview. Would have loved to have heard him tell his story. But, uh, always curious about that. But, anyways, um, he, I think when he bought that car, if I remember right, he had the number 22 on it with, with the word one written somewhere next to the number above it or whatever. So it was sort of the 22 one, um, which was his sort of tongue in cheek way of putting 221 on the Super when he couldn't run that actual number. So, um, you know, anyway, I I didn't really, you know, we got to 99, that was it. Well, um, Robert Metcalf, just tonight, actually, as I record this, Robert Metcalf in one of the groups, probably his, uh, suggested that we, maybe I shouldn't look at this as the numbers are triple digits. I should take the last two digits which would be in this case double zero and go forward up to 36 which was where i started this whole thing anyway which i give robert a ton of credit for even knowing that because i would have never known if somebody had asked me what show did you start the what's in the number with i would have had no idea um so uh it's it's so much fun to have people in the audience who are paying attention here and smarter about the show than I am. Um, it's just, it's a really cool deal. So, um, so you know what, that's what we're going to do. So we're going to go double zero, Oh one, Oh two, etc., all the way till we get to Oh nine. Then we'll start with one and go up to um, we'll go up to uh, the number 35 through the number 35. So we can keep this going a little longer And, uh, you know, we've already done um, I'm going to take Robert's word for this, too, uh, because I'm sure he's right. So um, we're not going to do 36 forward again. That's already been done. You can go back and listen to those shows if you want. Um, But uh, we'll do double zero to one and then one to thirty five so we can keep it going a little longer. That's that'll be fun. Uh, So obviously, because that literally just all happened, I'm definitely not prepared for double zero. But we'll we'll talk about it later when we get to it. Okay, so that's going to be a part of the show as well. And I never do research these things anyway. Um, And the double zeros kind of had an interesting history at Oswego, hasn't it? Um, And so that'll be kind of fun when we get to that. But um, we'll do that in the in the final segment. Uh, so we got a lot coming up here and we're going to going forward, by the way, I also want to share something else before I go to a break and then, um, bring Tim's interview in. Um, I, I want to apologize to all of you because I actually did post last week's show episode 99. I posted it. And so had all of you gone to steeringwellnation.com you would have seen it when it was supposed to be shared, you could have listened to it. But um, for whatever reason, I think, I'm sure I got distracted by something. And it totally, I mean, I put it up where it's supposed to be on the host server and then just never shared it to social. So I apologize for that. It is out now. Shared it earlier today. So go listen to episode 99. If you haven't already, it is uh shared in the groups and on Twitter and all that. But uh I I don't know what happened, but just know going forward that as soon as I post the show, it auto-populates to the homepage of steeringwillnation.com nation.com and to the show page on there. Um, because I'm both connected directly to transistors, so it auto-populates. So I do want to try to get you guys used to get all of you used to knowing that it's that's the home base for all of my stuff is steeringwheelnation.com. that's why we built it um also if you if you do want to share the show um once it's put on social just share it from the show's facebook page inside groove facebook page we're going to keep that going and um we're also working on still and hopefully this week it'll be done uh the the proper sort of, um, technology for the email marketing stuff, email, uh, newsletters and such. We, we did a last minute software swap. So, um, cause we realized that there was a software that would do more of what I wanted to do with it than, than what we were using. So we're, we're implementing that. And once that happens, I would love for all of you and I'll tell you when it's up and working, I'd love for all of you then at that point to subscribe to that that uh, newsletter. And here's why. It's because then when the show gets posted and goes up, first of all, you'll get it straight in your inbox. You won't even have to look for it. It'll just show up in your inbox. And second of all, because I, I'm going to start once we have that capability, there are things I'll be able to do in the newsletter um, that um, you know will will add some some fun and 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 we'll do some extra content things like that. So um, it's going to be more than just "here's the show" kind of thing. So that's why I want I want to you know make that happen. But I the, the overarching theme here is I'm trying to make it so that. There is no way that anybody who wants to listen to any of my shows, Groove included, and each one will have its own list and its own newsletter, and you can feel free to subscribe to as many as you want. Um, But uh, we're we're going to – I want to make it so everybody knows and everybody can have access. So if you don't have Facebook, it's on Steering Wheel Nation – And if, if you just don't want to bother chasing it at all, you're going to get it right in your inbox. And there's no, we're not, there's no subscription fee for that. Um, It's just a way of trying to get everybody in one place where I can, if we want to send an article out or do a last minute interview, um, we're going to do some, some stuff that, you know, obviously won't be part of the show as we go forward. So that's really what I'm what I'm trying to do here is, is create as many tools as possible and as much technology as possible so we can have more fun and just um enjoy supers of all varieties since we have several of them now, right? So uh anyway, that's that should hopefully clear all of that up for you. But again, know that SteeringwheelNation dot com is always home base for everything that I produce. All of the shows all of the articles I write. Um, and of course, we do have magazine coming. First issue will print in August. And we will um, try to have some super modified content in every issue that is going to be. I'll talk more in detail about what we're doing with that as we go forward, because it's changed a little bit, but not much where we're, we've actually um, we were going to do it quarterly. Um, now we're going to do it a uh, semi-monthly, I guess you'd refer to that. So it's basically going to be six issues a year, It'll be three this year because we're of when we're starting, but um, carries forward right into next year. And we're going to do um, again, every other month is, is the plan. So i um, really excited about it and uh, a lot going on with that. I just, I think that's going to be the coolest thing um and it's not, a, it's not an easy thing at all, uh, as I'm finding out, but we've got some good support for it. So um, I'll tell you more about that as that crystallizes. But it uh, looks like hopefully if everything goes according to plan, we'll be able to uh, release all the information here in the next uh, week or two and um, start accepting subscriptions and all that. And um, we're going to do print and digital and the digital will not be a mirror of the print. It's going to be, it's going to have all the stuff that's in the print, but we're going to do more with the digital. We, we basically are going to make this so that um, pretty much it's going to be like two different animals that just share some of the same content. Um, Cause you can do things with a digital that you can't do with the print, obviously, so, we're going to really have some fun with this. And so, I'm excited about it. Looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Got a really good group of people that I'm working with on this. Um and very blessed to have them um encouraging this so we can we can make this happen for everybody because we're we we really have it isn't just obviously going to be supers. It's going to be, you know, a lot of different uh, short track related content. Um, But but a bit of a different approach to um, to a magazine and a a narrowed focus, I think, from uh, in terms of types of content. And and yet I think we're going to do some some very um, unique stuff as as we start growing it as well. So um, a lot of fun. Uh, Sorry, I went way too long in this open. We're going to take. Uh, a short break when we come back we'll have tim proud and you'll get to hear from him and uh, that was a lot of fun to do so i hope you enjoy it and again thanks to all of you um we'll talk about uh, the sponsors here in a bit as well you're going to hear from one of them right now back with more of the groove after this Okay, folks, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors here in Inside Groove, Indy Performance Composites. They're a premier composite design and manufacturing company creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Jeff West and his team are amazing. They do all kinds of work in the motorsports industry from dirt tracks to NASCAR to IndyCar, supermodifieds. It doesn't matter if you've got something that you need designed or fabricated, let them help you transform your idea, your vision and your budget into a workable high performance solution. They have all kinds of services From 3D printing to finishing services, end-to-end composite solutions is what they are. Check them out, ipcindy.com or IndiePerformanceCompositesInc.com and tell them that the folks from inside Groove set you. Welcome back to The Groove, episode 100. We're celebrating it in part with a gentleman that I have known since high school. And um, I am realizing these days, that's a really long time. Uh, Tim proud is with us on this show. And we've certainly had Camden on enough now that uh, dad ought to get some of the spotlight. So uh, and I'm excited to talk to Tim because sir you have just come out of i don't don't want to say retirement i don't know that you ever said you were retired you may have but um we all know that uh times change and uh you know sometimes folks decide they just want to get back in the saddle again so you have and um raced at evans mills top five run from the back nice run there and then um we go uh, just over the weekend here, and unfortunately, you were running well, but uh, unfortunately, an incident uh, um, with another car put you out of the race, and um, so you didn't get the finish that obviously you'd hope for. Glad you're okay. Um, so I just thought it would be fun to kind of go back and start at the very beginning for you. What is your earliest Memory. When did you get interested in racing? It seems like this is kind of a generational thing for you as well, um, but um, maybe not as direct as some others. Where okay, my dad drove or my dad owned a car. What what got you excited about racing in the when you were a kid? And how old were you when you started going?
2: Ah, uh, geez, I was I was really young when we when we first started going. I, as long as I can remember. Uh, my parents were taking me to the track and okay. and we were there every single week. We we barely ever missed any weeks. And uh we were huge Eddie Ballinger fans and my parents are very good friends with the Bellingers. Yeah. And uh we j ju- we just grew up rooting for Eddie and um uh, you know it just kinda got me interested and and finally uh when the uh limiteds came out back in ninety two that sparked some interest in, um, in, in 94, my wife, uh, Debbie bought me my first car to get started and, and and we got our feet wet with it.
1: Now that's not a story that you hear very often in the sport that your wife bought your first race car. That's yeah i i'm glad you kept her around because boy that's how you know you got to keep her is when she goes out and actually buys you the race car
2: she did and uh you know we had we had just wanted she knew i wanted to try it and uh <laughs> and she made it happen and she's you know been my biggest supporter ever since really uh never really given me a hard time about it uh we spend countless hours um Throughout my own career, and then everything we did with the kids uh, growing up with quarter midgets and everything, and then right uh, to helping my brother, and and uh, and then uh, me kind of getting back in it and dabbling a little bit here just to have a little fun. So, uh, but she's always been my biggest supporter forever.
1: See, now this suddenly gives me some uh, greater understanding of why uh, you don't seem to mind. Her and Cam running around the country, uh, watching all those Rick Springfield concerts. See this—that's kind of her thing. You, you, you sort of feel at this point that you know, gosh, I have to because she bought me my first race car.
2: Yeah, well, you know, uh, I did the Rick Springfield thing with her for a long time, but oh, uh, you did? kind of got into it with her, and I'm all good with that. I now, didn't know so. that. Okay, <laughs> that's kind of their thing. Although we are going, uh, uh myself Deb camden and his girlfriend are going on the 24th of june to a rick springfield yeah, concert see? so that should be interesting but uh <laughs> that'll be my first one in a while so uh but uh, that's that's kind of like her and cam's thing to do and they, they go have a great time with that uh it's, it's a really good bonding thing for them
1: so, so you came out of retirement to drive race cars this year and now you're coming out of retirement as a rick springfield fanboy
2: I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, this will be a one-off for this uh, for this year. So, Uh, 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 my daughter and I, we we were kind of into some other stuff. So, uh, you know, it's just uh, those. Cam and uh, Deborah are a little more crazy about that than, uh, than Cassidy and I are. So I that's it, for yeah. sure.
1: Okay. So back to the racing. So you started in the, in the limiteds, uh, which are SPS cars. Now, if you're a younger member of our audience, um, you started back in the limiteds. What, I mean, what were your expectations when you started? Because I mean, obviously you didn't have the benefit that, camden had for example of running quarter midgets then you know whatever in between or whatever you i mean here it is it's a big boy race car it's the fast five-eighths of a mile um have fun
2: yeah we yeah that's basically we basically came out of the stands and and started racing yeah. so uh i had a i had a real eye-opening uh for sure when we got into it because because i didn't really know what you know what adjustments and did what right i I didn't really know anything about race cars at that time so uh it took us a long time and at that time there was there was 30 40 cars a week so yeah uh, it it took forever for me to just to make my first feature event and qualify and then um we were never a big buck team uh kind of like we are right now we just we've got like right now i feel fortunate we've got some some great people behind us right now and uh and you know so we've we've been lucky to be put in a good situation with the super modified but uh you know we were we were running around on old tires and and uh just scraping to get by to just kind of go live my dream and uh you know when we wrecked we, we we parked um you know we just didn't have the money to to bring it back all the time so i never really had the luxury to to, to run a full season because, uh, we always ran into whether it be motor troubles or, yeah. uh, I don't know if you remember back in the day. I mean, there was like parking lot wrecks every oh yes. week, um, <laughs> way back then. So, uh, you know, we, we ended up with a lot of damage and, uh, a lot of times, and, um, you know, some of it of my own doing and some of it just getting caught up in things. So, uh, you know, through learning. So, um, but, uh, but we had a lot of fun, made a lot of good friends and, uh, and in memories you'll remember forever so who was helping you when you started
1: as far as crew because again as you say you weren't an experienced mechanic in in the race car sense um
2: so no it was uh you know uh when i first started it was like uh my buddy jeff code who you know jeff yeah i'm I'm sure you remember jeff he helped me my brother chris helped me okay um you know just uh chris broncato back in the day helped me oh okay uh, you know just some people that um you know we just kind of just got into it and and just kind of went out and 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 did it and uh, none of us knew anything about it but we had a good time anyway
1: well yeah it was a good time and i think that the limited class was really about that when it started and and i think you know, that's one reason I think it grew as quickly as it did was was because it was affordable enough back then to be able to the on ramp was was affordable enough for people to go racing in Oswego. And and you had a lot of older gentlemen that that um you know really saw it as uh an opportunity to 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 get their time in at Oswego as opposed to maybe a smaller track that we're racing at or a dirt track or whatever and and the class just exploded i think probably even faster than track management might have expected it to um and so yes because of that and because you had such a wide variety of um, experience, inexperience, you know, different kinds of experience, people thinking, well, you know, I was really great at this tiny little track over here, so I'll just come here, put the foot down and go, and then realizing, well, this is a little harder. Um, yeah, so you did have a lot of those big wrecks, so I imagine and it was hard and um, and yet uh, you still managed to have a good time doing it. and then you parlayed that into an opportunity, to get into the super modified class um and i was i've been trying to remember since cam and i plotted this uh interview for you um (laughs) we uh i've been trying to remember kind of how all that happened um but somehow you ended up in a super what what was the point at which you said well okay the 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 limited was fun now let's go even faster
2: yeah, we well basically I had uh I had run the the limited and and we had had some uh some success. I you mean, did, I had yeah. some top 5 finishes yeah. and I won sure. some heats and stuff with it. Yep. And uh, you know, it just um I just got kind of tired of fixing it all the time. There was a lot of wrecks <laughs> yeah. and I had somebody make me an offer on it and uh I I sold it. Oh, and, okay. Uh, you know, and then a couple of weeks after I sold the car, I was approached by um, Doug Caruso, who said that Skip Matzik, uh, was actually thinking about giving somebody a shot to warm up, uh, one of the supers for Bentley on a week. Um, he was going to be running for classic, but they kind of oh, wanted to get the car going yes. a couple of weeks before. And, uh, he gave me an opportunity to warm the car up and race it one night. And, and, uh, they, I'll forever be grateful for that. Uh, you know, Skip just such a great guy and, uh, you know, and we went out and had some fun and, and then I was hooked. At that point, uh, I was hooked, and uh, you know, we kind of just uh, bought a chassis, and then just started piecing it together. And uh, through the help of 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 different people, um, somehow we got the super done. I I don't even know how we did, but but we did. And, uh, you know, uh, Jim Rusaw back in the day helped me, uh, my uncle Jack Proud, who's, who's passed since then, okay. um, was very instrumental in getting me out there. Um, you know, uh, he was, he was part owner of the car and, uh, and we just, uh, made it happen. Uh, you know, he, he invested quite a bit into the motor and, and helped us get it going. And, um, uh, you know, we went out and got to live our dream.
1: It was, I did not remember the, the, the time, but, but I do now that you, you bring it up that you got in Skip's car, that must've just been an incredible experience, almost a delirious one. Like what am I doing in this car? Right. Yeah, it (laughs) was
2: just, it was just kind of crazy because really I hadn't really done had super success i mean we had some good runs in the yeah. limiteds but uh you know to get an opportunity like that was uh was awesome and and we did good we ended up uh you know um in the in the county. i think that night we finished uh second or third and had the car down to like some 17 twos and sure uh you know it, and when we went out for the feature he told me you know just kind of ride it out and you know we don't want to do any passing and if they come around to lap you we're, we're probably going to bring you in and he let me stay out for the whole race, and I think we ended up 13th or 14th at the end of the race. And, and like I said, from from then on, I was hooked and, uh, you know, uh, just had a great time with it. So,
0: What car um, did
1: you end up buying? I've forgotten. I remember, was it a show car chassis or what kind? No, no it was a, it was a Page it, I
2: bought a, a brand-new chassis from Howard that's Page. That's always and, new. Uh, okay. And then okay. I just started kind of putting it together. We just bought the chassis and in, in like a front axle. And then, um, I just, uh, started, I bought a rear end, I think from Eric Lewis and, and just different parts I bought here and there. And, and, you know, Howard helped me along the way on what I needed. And we did as much as we could ourselves because that was the only way we could stay in it. And that's, that's kind of how we are right now too. Even, even the same way, you know, yeah. I tried to do as much as I possibly can myself for cam uh, just to keep it going and, um, you know, and, and, uh, and we ran that for, um, you know, like a couple of seasons, you know, on and off, um, just didn't have a ton of success with it. Um, had some wrecks, had some parts failures and, and some different things. And, yeah. uh, uh, and then I ended up with some health issues and, um, you know, we, we kind of stepped away and, and got into the quarter midgets with the kids and, and came back a little while after
1: yeah you you took some time away you got i think you got your bell rung pretty good in at least one of the crashes with the supers right is that what it was or were there some other health issues that were
2: yeah like the very last wreck we had i had i had literally come back like from a wreck the year before yeah and, and rebuilt the whole car and everything i had actually literally hit so hard the year before that i actually broke the engine block and wow. uh um we actually got the car done um repaired got it back for the next year and something broke out of turn two and uh, and we hit the outside wall just an absolute ton and um uh, and after that i just uh i just decided to get out of it and and focus on on the stuff for the kids camden was had been born and and you know he was he was uh you know, two or three years old at that time. And, uh, you know, I just was like, Hey, what am I, what am I doing here? You know, I wanted to, (laughs) I wanted to be around and, and, you know, uh, put all my time, you know, for the kids. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I get more satisfaction out of seeing my children succeed at whatever they like or whatever they want to do. It does way more for me than, you know, than, anything I've ever done for myself. So it, it means just way more. So
1: the irony of that is that I think Camden actually gets more excited in some ways seeing you race and being able to help you to race now than he does driving himself. Which is really yeah, I, cool
2: to I, watch. I agree with you. I think that means everything to Camden and yeah. when when we got rid of he really owned the other super. Um and when we got uh when we got rid of that he decided to invest in the motor for this other car just so we could, uh, you know, he wanted to see me get it back out there and do, you know, do a couple races and have yeah. some fun because it, it does mean a lot to him because uh, he knows I gave things up for, you know, for those guys and, yeah. you know, different things like that. So it, it does mean a lot to him to see me out there and, uh, um, you know, and I'm having fun. I mean, when I go out and do it, I'm, I'm having a good time and we're still pretty fast And, uh, you know, and, and I know how much it means to them and, and, uh, you know, and my daughter just, I saw some videos of her cheering and. You know, cheering me on last night, and that's that's pretty cool. So, because oh, yeah. Cass never really got to see me race at all up until I ran these few shows, so uh, that's that's pretty cool to see that.
1: Now, how uh, how bad was the car from the weekend? Because um, I mean, you've got you. I know that the plan, at least, was for you to finish out uh, uh, Danny's uh, series there and run maybe once or twice more at Oswego as well. Um, what what how's that looking after uh, the weekend
2: well you know i i don't know i mean our this this car here is just something to to have some fun and and you know see me enjoy when when we're not focusing on the super and yeah the super just needs to be our focus and and camden's my focus and this is just something a little extra sure um the car's it's not terrible. It's not wrecked terrible, but, uh, um, you know, it just, it was just unfortunate. It's just one of those racing deals where, uh, you know, I, I was going under a car into turn three and the car didn't see me. And, you know, by the time I realized he didn't see me, you know, he was coming down the track and and we touched and, and, and the car just spun instantly. And, uh, you know, I feel bad. Other cars got tangled up in there, but you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's racing, but, uh, you know, I kind of, our car isn't that bad. I just, um, I, I, it got hit in the left front wheel and it kind of, uh, wrenched the the steering wheel out of my hand. And, uh, you know, so I got a pretty sore arm today, but, um, you know, uh, for as little damage as we have, I, I don't think I've ever hurt my arm so bad in any racing deal, but, um, you know, and, and the is very minimal damage, but some, some other guys got torn up and, you know, when it went around, I did my best to kind of that's why I was holding the wheel. I was, I was going backwards and I was like, to, am I going to stay down? I saw everybody coming at me and, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to split you. And, and yeah. you're just not sure if you should hold yeah, the brake or try to roll yeah. up out of the groove a little bit. And I, I just did the best I could to keep anybody out of it. And unfortunately a couple more cars got tangled up in it and, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just racing. It's nobody, you know what I mean? I, I felt like I was in there and, uh, um, you know,, um, but the other diver didn't see me and and it's just racing. it's yeah. it, it happens, and that's it. It's over it's, you know, I'm not mad at anybody. It's, it's done. It's over with, you know, and, uh, and, and we just move on and, and, uh, just continue to try to have fun. I, I left the track still smiling. So that's, that's what's important. Exactly. um, Yeah, for sure. So that's the big thing.
1: So, all right. So let's talk about cam a little bit. So, so we got to go back in time a bit again. So you, you've retired or stepped away and, um, you know, the kids now are, are getting older, obviously each year and, Camden gets to that that point um, where, you know, you're five or whatever, and you can get the quarter midget or the go-kart or whatever it is that you decide you want to do. Whose idea was it? Was it your idea? Was it his idea? Um, Or was it your wife's idea? Because she seems to like buying race cars, right? (laughs)
2: well it was kind of both of our (laughs) ideas and uh you know we just decided you know we had watched some of it and we just thought that would be a neat thing to do and uh you know so i kind of had had liquidated everything and and uh we went out and and bought a car from jim burnis aj burnis's dad okay and we but we bought a little enclosed hauler from him as well and uh Surprised Camden with that one Christmas, and uh, oh right, and yeah. that that was that. Actually, the same year we were we were getting that car, we were actually um, or like the year after, we were actually building the first uh, limited for Chris. Our first chassis we built ourselves. Oh okay, um, kind of like that same year over that winter, and uh, so we we had a lot of a lot of stuff going on, and and uh, a lot of people don't remember that, but but I was basically doing the quarter midgets for a number of years, we were maintaining two to three quarter midgets and racing on Fridays and Sundays. And then I would go help my brother and, and wrench his car on Saturdays and, and help him during the week if he yeah. needed help. And, uh, so we've been, we've been at it a long time. Um, you know, but we've, we've gradually learned, uh, some different things. And, you know, when we were, we were done with the quarter midgets, um, you know, we built the first, uh, uh, our I guess my second uh SBS car and uh you know with the intention of uh getting Camden into it and getting some seat time so and that's that's where we ended up so
1: staying with the quarter midgets for a bit um you know Camden's not here so we can talk about him um yeah. how quickly did <laughs> how quickly did he adapt what was it what was i mean um, talk about his trajectory with that a little bit, because obviously some kids uh, get it faster than others, and eventually he obviously got it. But uh, I've never known too much about the details of all of that. How quickly did
2: did Camden pick
1: up on all this?
2: It it took a it took a little bit of time. Uh, he always liked it, and uh, you know it took a little bit of time to get going. And I can remember, you know, when we were when Dev and I when he was really young, like the first year he was started, we used to bribe him. Uh, to make every time he made a pass, we'd buy him one of those little Hot Wheel uh, monster trucks. <laughs> um, so we would uh, races. Right so off we of we that. encouraged him to when he made a pass because he was always hesitant to make a pass, and and then we would encourage him with that. And uh, before it was over, he ended up with a lot of Hot Wheel uh, trucks, I bet, uh, monster yeah. trucks there. But and, and eventually he picked it up, and then uh, <laughs> you know started winning some races, and and uh, he ended up winning a, a championship uh, at. Uh Fulton and at Syracuse, so which was oh, wow. which was really cool before before we got out of it so that was that was really pretty neat
1: now a lot of a lot of times you see basically um the quarter midget and then there's a step and then there's kind of the big thing or the um but you chose to take him and he was only what 15, I think, or whatever, maybe 14 when he first hoplapped yeah. it.
2: The, what? the first time he got in, he was 14. Yeah. Um, he practiced the car, but, but I felt like that was something he always wanted to do was, uh, was race up at Oswego and, Uh, We built that second car, Chris and I did, uh, you know, Chris ran it the first year with the intention of moving Camden into it. Okay. Uh, So I, I made sure that we, we had a car that was going to be good under him and, and, and everything was good there. And and believe it or not, Chris still has the first car we built way back in 2001. It's, he still has it up at his house and that, that was always a good car. And, uh, we, we, did this car. And, um, I had a couple of different ideas I wanted to try on this car and, uh, and, and we put those into the build and, uh, uh, this car just really been a good, stable, fast car, uh, right, right out of the box. It's, it's been really good. So, um, you know, we felt like it was a comfortable car for him to get in and, uh, um, yeah, he, he got out there. The first time we let him practice was the year Chris was driving, and like I said, he was 14, and I, I think he got down to 19.6 as the first night out with the car um, at 14, which was which was crazy. It made Deb and I terribly nervous, but uh, he, did, he did really good with it. And, um, you know, and, and we had, um, you know, a lot of success in the SBS. Just did. didn't get yep. that win. I mean, he was knocking on the door oh, a number gosh. of times. We had a ton of second-place finishes, but, um, you know, just never quite – Got that win, and he he probably could have got a win if he would would have been willing to rough up the person at first yeah. and, and if you know Camden, that isn't how he races no, and, and probably any driver out there would vouch that uh he's one of the cleanest drivers that uh that that's come out of that s b s class i believe he he never caused a lot of problems and um and he kept the car in one piece, and that's why we were able to get back there every week.
1: Well, so, and it's unlike
2: fun. me. Dad dad was a little bit more wreckers or you know, on their checkers
1: uh, and records like
2: And I took I took a few <laughs> more chances and uh you know and, and I paid for it, you know. Um yeah. but uh Literally. Him, he he's got a good head on his shoulders.
1: He does and and it, it, it was it just it, it was so funny because you know, here he was this you know, fourteen year old kid and and you know, you got the hat on backwards and the you know, the Oakleys and you know little Hollywood. Um, yeah, you know, um, and, 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 and honestly, um, even I remember, I think I did the first interview with him and, and he was like, he understood that world, even at 14 or 15, he was all about all of that. And he still is. And, and that's to his credit. And it's what, you know, makes him a living and, um, you know, but, but just the sort of that, that. You know, you look at him and you, well, this kid's never going to go anywhere. And he gets in the car. And like you said, he goes out and he's fast and he was, but see, he's very intelligent. And I've always thought that there's going to be that moment when, when it all just connects because you need a little bit of luck. You need the circumstance, you need the equipment, you need the driver all at the right. same time. Right. And, yeah. and, and I feel like that, that moment, that moment came a little bit last year when he won the heat. And then, but I feel like now he got the new car for him and and obviously, we know the car can win, which makes Cam understand he can win, and Cam is as you say, he's very respective of the equipment, he understands the financial situation, so it may take him a little longer. but boy, that one night's gonna come, and I'm gonna tell you, I feel like um when it does, and I believe with everything in me that it's gonna happen when it does. Uh, I feel like the the roof's going to come off the front stretch grandstand because, um, you know, I think everybody really, you know, respects Cam and and, and respects you and understands what you guys have 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 done and and how you've done it. And uh, I think that's going to be one of the most popular wins in a long time, the night that that happens. And I know that that's coming. I believe it.
2: I I sure hope it is coming and in. And yeah, I he I hope his time's coming. It's it it is it is tough. We're learning this new car, and um, this is this is the best opportunity we've ever had with sure. the equipment. And um, uh, you know, um, Doug Didero helped us immensely with a great deal on that car to even give Cam the opportunity right. to do that. Cam's been uh gotten really close to Doug over the last couple of years, and um, you know, just uh, he he has been outstanding as far as the as far as the deal he gave and to give us the shot so uh we're 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 super excited and uh you know we we've got to learn the car um you know cam unfortunately we didn't get a lot of passing and and you know mixing it up with that other car so uh you know yes it's a good car but you know cam's still relatively really young as far as a super modified driver goes And, and and he's gonna expect Respect the equipment. He's not going to overdrive it. And the car, the first week out, was crazy loose, and uh, he was really uncomfortable. He was sliding around in the cockpit, uh, which I can't believe because in the garage we thought he was totally tight in there, and uh, and we kept tightening the car up all night, all night. And then about thirty laps through the feature, you could see him getting more comfortable um but uh but we ended up breaking a watts link uh, he actually finished the race with a broken watts That's link, what he and said. uh and we had a uh an oil pump issue as well which i'm, I'm oh, actually wow. still waiting on parts for that i'm hopefully going to have to get this back for this week so um but uh you know I you know he's he's going to take he's not going to overdrive he's going to take what it what it'll give him, and he's going to learn and he's going to he's going to be respectful of other drivers and i think that other drivers don't have a problem running around him because they know that they know that he's not going to cause issues and and that's probably the thing i'm most proud about camden about is that he has earned respect of other drivers out there and and that's very important so um you know we'll just take it week by week and uh you know, he's, he's, he's getting more, he'll get more comfortable in it and we'll see what happens.
1: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it, it, as you say, he hasn't, he's only been racing supers really for, for about a year because he got a late start in what was it 19. Right. And then 20, there was no racing. Um, Correct. And so then you come out last year and you finally have a full season and
2: um, we didn't even get, I mean, 19, we pretty much got a full season. Eighteen, we ran the class. Oh, okay. 19, it was 18. We ran okay. the full season, okay. and he got got the rookie. Twenty was That's wa- right. a wash, okay. and then uh, and then last year uh, we got wrecked up on the like the second week in June, and uh, it took it. about two months yeah. um, to get the yeah. car back. It w- it had about you know six six seven thousand dollars worth of damage, and uh, and in between uh, my health issues, I had had some serious health issues. Yeah and uh we we just I, I just didn't have like the energy or the stamina to even get it done um and now now things are are getting a little bit better with me health wise and uh you know um you know, but we last year was kind of like a write off it just um one problem after the other all year um we we couldn't couldn't gain on anything because there was something every week
0: yeah.
2: uh you know going wrong, so uh you know hopefully hopefully that's that's all out of the way, and uh we did have some issues last week, but um you know we we kind of lucked into that finish, you know what I mean it hey, was attrition. Take it how you get it. <laughs> uh realistically, we probably had a tenth or twelfth place car yeah. and and it was just attrition. Um, but somehow we ended up fourth with a car with a broken Watts link and, and an oil <laughs> pump leak. Um, crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll take it. And it, he, he got all he finished the race and got a lot of laps in and got to learn the car. So that's that's what's important.
1: Oh, for sure, and and again, you know, you have those nights, and and uh, you know, you take you take all the good luck that you get because you certainly get enough of the bad luck, right? So you, you, you yeah, you it sure seems it. that way. You know, he he earned that by just being able to survive, and that's a, a lot of times that's what it is. Is is it's just you got to finish first in order to have a chance to finish first, and so yep,
2: exactly. You know, you're you're exactly right. And that was kind of the same thing that happened. uh, you know, last night in the SBS, you know, it wasn't just our caution. There was caution yeah. the whole race and um, you know, uh you know, some some guys got some really good finishes at the end last night and uh, you know, so it was uh but there was there was a lot of attrition and a lot of wrecks there. So
1: Yeah, uh, it's yeah, been uh... yeah feel like it's been a rocky start to the year all the way around there except i feel like the 350s have kind of been the lone exception but um you know the supers and the and the uh and the and the sbs class there's just been a lot of uh damage and uh I don't know what it is, you know, it it just, um, just been tough. Uh, and, and you hate seeing that because, um, you know, with all of the issues we have with parts and shortages and supply chain, whatever. And, you know, um, this is really not the year when you would have hoped the season would have started that way. Right. You would have hoped you get through a couple of good clean weeks. So everybody gets some momentum and, you know, can build it into the summer.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think it'll clean up. There's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that are still trying to get their cars ready, you know, as far as supers wise. So I think you'll see the count go up in the super oh, yeah. field. And uh, the SBS field, I mean, that's got an outstanding crop of young drivers. Oh, for sure. Um yeah. that are that are coming up to learn and, and that's really important. And, uh, and that's, that's a really fun class and, It is. Uh, you know, what Danny's done yeah. with this other series, that's really pretty cool. And, uh, and, and I'm having a good time with that. That's and, great. And we're looking to do pretty much all of those shows. And, uh, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of interest and, uh, you know, it's just going to take some, you know, some learning and, and, you, and you're going to have some growing pains, but yep. uh, there's a lot of good, young families getting into it. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to thrive.
1: Oh, I agree. hundred percent. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's great to see you get back out there and run a little bit. And like I said, I know it, uh, I know it really, uh, Cam just truly enjoys it. And, and I think, uh, it makes for a great story. Um, and you know, we, Oswego is such a generational, um, you know, track and, and super modifieds are generational. It it just, it's amazing how such a niche division can have such a decades long generational history of second and third gen racers or, you know, team owners or whatever. And um, I think, you know, I think there's probably a, a lot of people that really didn't maybe they weren't around when you were racing the first time. So they don't know the whole history, which is why I really was excited to be able to help have you tell your story. Cause I think, I think that the relationship between the two of you, you and cam and, um, and, and then how this has kind of come full circle with you getting back out and doing some racing yourself, I think is just amazingly cool.
2: Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool and I'm having fun. And, and like I said, I know it means a lot to him and uh, you know, that's, that's what, imp- what's important. And, uh, you know, I, I just, there's, there's no pressure, uh, just, just want to go exactly. have some fun. And it's always nice to be competitive. Um, but you, you don't want to have, you know, issues either. You right. know, I don't want to mess people up that are in points and, and different things like that it, you know we just we just want to have some fun and and the game plan was to keep our nose clean and uh you know we, we're doing our best for that and you know it's unfortunate what happened last night but it, it's all part of racing and um you know um I, i'm realizing how how old i am now though i'm much <laughs> i'm much older than i than i was when i first started yeah this, i so, bet uh, Me too you know so i'm a little sore my bones aren't as uh you know, uh, I'm definitely feeling it. You know, I got bruises and oh, and yeah. everything else from the, from the seat and uh, you know, but it's but it's pretty funny. I'm like I was telling Danny last night. I'm like we're like we're like golden gray here, Danny. I don't I don't know what uh, <laughs> we look awful old compared to these other guys up here. Well, but, see, but now, we're having fun. <laughs> you
1: you and I are in our fifties. We're supposed to be gray. I don't know what Danny's excuse is. I mean, maybe, yeah, I know. maybe the wife and yeah, kids, I don't know. I think
2: Danny's, I think I've got him beat by about 14 or 15 oh, years, at least, yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to be 53 this year, but, uh, yeah, I was looking at pictures of us from Evans Mills and I was joking with him about it last night. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty funny, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely getting old and gray looking. Well,
1: you know, yeah, that's what I said. Well, you and I should be, but he's, he's uh, like premature with all of that. I'm not really too sure why, but uh, yeah. it's maybe it's, you know, maybe it's uh, all that race promoting he's doing. Cause it can be stressful. Uh, I've done it. Uh, but yeah. no, he's it's, it's great to see him doing this series. Danny, Danny has always had, that ability to um to promote and to put things together and to organize and do all the the media stuff and all of that and that's always been you know his forte and uh, of course you know supreme talent on the track too so th- it's 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 fun for me to see him kind of now kind of have it all at the same time being as competitive as he is in the sbs and i can't wait to see uh I know they've got a 350 in that group and I can't wait to see him come out with that later in the year as well. So yeah, it's uh Oh
2: yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah. I forgot they even bought one of those.
1: Yeah, so, they yeah, have it.
2: That'll, that'll be pretty cool. It will be so, cool. So, so, he's quick in anything he gets in, so uh, yeah. you know, it's uh um you know, when he does like you said, he does a good job promoting uh you know whatever it is he's promoting and uh you know, the series that he's doing is pretty pretty fun. So um, For sure. I, I had a great time. I really love Evan running Evansville that was really fun i love that place uh, i I really like that track and and i like oswego but uh you know and uh you know i told Cam, i i was uh the first time i went around and did the warm-ups friday night i was like i was like man i i'm tired already we haven't even done (laughs) we haven't even done anything yet and i'm tired already but uh you know once i got in the groove yesterday i was i I was all good with it so um you know i thought i thought we had a heat race win yesterday and uh um, on the restart, I didn't clear out the carburetor and the, the car broke up and popped and sputtered like crazy. And, uh, oh boy. but then Griffin had Griffin had pulled away from me by that point. It, it, it cleared out off of turn two on the first lap, but, uh, we were already back to second at that point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and Griffin knew exactly what happened to me after the, after the race, we were kind of joking about it. But uh, the, the the old man forgot to clear out the carburetor, and, uh, and I, I lost a heat race on it. So.
1: Well, he can't but. tease you too much from what I hear. He had a little carb issue himself. So I, it's kind of that, well, you know uh but yeah it's uh that was unfortunate too because uh you know, yeah that, that little,
2: stinks those know. guys are they're a bunch of good guys they over are. there and and, and and you know and i know johnny really well and uh there's nothing they would do intentionally and uh you know it's just um yeah you know you count on some of these vendors to yep. supply you with things yep. that you don't really know a lot about that's you know, right i don't i don't know a lot about carburetors i don't know how to how to build a carburetor or do anything, you know, pretty much everybody buys those things and, yep. and you, you send these people your rules and, and you're counting on them to do things. And, and, you know, and, and I'm sure that was nothing malicious. They're, they're a great bunch of guys. And, uh, I feel bad, uh, cause I he ran too. really good. And, uh, when I was behind him in the heat race, you know, after that restart, uh, he, he was peddling that thing. That car was loose. He had his hands full and, and he was pedaling that thing. He, he's a good little shoe he is. and, uh, and, uh, they're good people. So, um, you know, I, I feel bad that happened, but they'll, they'll bounce back and he, he's going to get many more.
1: I don't know if I'd call him little, but he's definitely a good shoe. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah a, they're definitely a good he's group a of big boy. So you'll, you'll see him in victory lane a For lot. sure. And, uh, as well as, uh, a lot of those other young ones there that, uh, Noah Ratcliffe, you're going to see oh, him in the victory lane this year probably does a great job. As well. He's a, he's a good, smooth, fast driver. So, um, you know, like I said, there's just a lot of talent in that class and it's, and it's fun to, to watch them. Um, and, sure. and you know, I was, I was having a great time too. So, So, when do
1: you think we might see you back out after all of this? Uh, I know that a lot of people would like to know the answer to that. Do you think we may see you back at the Swiggle again this year, or will you focus on Danny's series? uh, Well, the
2: game plan was to run um, this past week and then possibly run the 18th. And then after that, we would probably be out until um, Classic, um, I would say. Um, And we were going to kind of focus on Danny's series after that. And, uh, so, but right now with the car being wrecked, I don't know what's going to go on the the 18th. We'll, we'll see what happens here. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got to get the super ready for this week. And like I said, we're waiting on parts for that. And, uh, you know, we, we, that's just gotta be our focus. Camden's our of focus. Course. And, right. and if we go back for the 18th, we do. If, if not, I'm, I'm, I'm really not going to sweat it. Um, you know, like I said, it's just something to, to go have some fun and, uh and, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So, but we'll, we'll definitely get back out there and, um, you know, uh, have some more fun, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We're definitely going to do Chemung um, in July Okay. and then we will definitely do uh, Lancaster and Evans Mills after the season are over um, provided everything's in one piece. And, uh, and then uh, I'll, I'll take the 18th and, See what happens here. So I'm I'm supposed to not be overdoing. Still, uh, I'm still not totally recovered from everything. Gotcha. But uh, you know, I I don't know what that means to sit still. So uh, yeah, you, you know, never we'll, have. We'll see what happens. So. Yeah. You've never been
1: one to sit and waste a lot of time. That's for sure. I've known you a long time and and that's how you've gotten to where you are, but, uh, you'll enjoy Shemong. That'll be, I think that'll be a really neat track for the SBS. Yeah. I've cars. never
2: even seen that track. So, um, you know, in fact, I don't even think that might be one of Kim's tracks on his bucket list. He hasn't been to either. So, and he's been, he's been everywhere. So, uh, but I don't think he's been down there to that track. So, Um, I'm really looking forward to that and um, it's very tight. Hopefully we can have a good show there.
1: Yeah. It's a very tight track. I think uh, it'll be an interesting track. It definitely will be a challenge and uh, should be a lot of fun. I hope that uh, they get a good turnout. I, I uh, managed that track for a year back in 2002 and just had such a great time there. It's a beautiful part of the state and uh, the track itself with the hillside viewing and all that is amazing. So I think you'll enjoy it and, uh, you know, wish you good luck in all of that. And I, I'm so happy uh, to have been able to spend a little time with you here just to kind of walk through your career a little bit. And I know that. You know, there's there's no prouder a dad in the in 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 the pit area than you with Cam um, from week to week, and I I think it works the the same way in reverse. There's no son prouder and more thankful for his father and and all that uh, you've done for him than Cam. So um, just fun to watch the that dynamic there and, and to see Cam uh, having this opportunity. Cam really, I've I've said this from the start that that it's folks like you and Cam, people that can come out of their stand, come out of the stands and jump in and get a chance to to live their dream is what you know really kind of a swiggle was built on before all of this kind of you know um youth and let's get to nascar or indy or whoever wherever it is um and so you know i just think it's a i think it's a fun story and you're and and you're all great people and it's it's just uh it's great to see uh cam out there having a good time and doing his best
2: Yep, and and I appreciate it. I appreciate the compliments and and everything you do for this board. And, and yeah, this was this was fun. And hopefully, we get to chat some more. Maybe oh, for we'll, sure uh, we'll get some success this year, and uh, maybe get to chat about that too.
1: Well, yeah, uh, get both of you to victory lane, and uh, we'll definitely do a show with both of you together, and that will be
2: way too much fun. So that would be cool. (laughs) Let's get him to victory lane. I'm, I'm all good. I just want to have some fun, but I would, I'd like to get him there. And, uh, and like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's all about, uh, it's all about him. And, and that's, that's what I get the enjoyment out of is seeing my children succeed at whatever they do. And, and that's, that's, what's cool. So, um, and, uh, we're a small team and have a lot of fun and, uh, you know, it's, uh, just just enjoy being there.
1: Absolutely. Well, you, you guys have uh, done a great job with what you have and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens as the season continues for both of you. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us on The Groove, Tim, and best of luck to you and him uh, during the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, thanks very much, Tom. I appreciate it.
1: That is Tim Proud, and we are going to step aside. When we come back, we'll have more of The Groove right after this. Hey. Here's a little fish tale for you. It's about a place named Skip's Fish Fry. Skip's Fish Fry is located at 42 West 2nd Street, Oswego. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 7. So don't call them on Sunday or Monday. They're gone fishing. They are open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 7. They serve a variety of great fish, burgers, Hoffman hot dogs, conies, lobster soup, salad. They even have cheesecake if you feel like some delicious dessert. I love their haddock pieces. That's one of my favorites. Uh, And they just have great food. It is the best fish in the port city. I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor of the show. It is one of the first places that I go to eat every time I'm in town. So call Skip's Fish Fry or go visit them on their website at skipsfishfry.com. And by the way... You can order online and just go pick it up. It's a great way to go ahead and take care of the not-so-fun part before you get there. And then when you get there, just pick up your food, bring it home, and enjoy. Skip's Fish Fry, 42 West 2nd Street in Oswego. Go visit them. Welcome back to the Inside Groove podcast, episode 100. And I think this is a first. I do not think... Um, well, no, it's a second because I made the first, um, a month or so ago. This is the second time we have heard from a father and son on the same show. Um, and so, uh, happy that Camden proud has joined us now. Camden, uh, did not race this past weekend, but, um, obviously was in attendance and, uh, going to help us kind of, uh, dissect and, uh, recap, the first winged challenge show at uh, Oswego. Honestly, Camden, um, you know, look, I think overall, um, first of all, I love that this show came down to two out-of-towners. I think that is, um, I love to see the out-of-towners come in and do well. And this show with the battle at, the end there and kind of the turnabout um McVeta looking like a sure winner and then you know at at the last minute in comes trent stevens and uh basically just kind of snatches it away um you know both cars i think had about equal speed or at least it looked that way um but mcveta kind of got off to the races there no pun intended and then at the end Trent had a chance adam took it made it work and uh that was really a great race i thought
3: i thought it was too yeah the, the restart at the end set up for a real exciting last few yeah. laps um and pretty cool to see in all i guess midwest top three kyle edwards comes all the That's way right. from, yeah. from tennessee so yeah the guys that towed the longest were were certainly rewarded and uh, swept the podium for, for the first of three shows. But, you know, we actually lost a couple, quite a few cars, actually, just in the last week with motor problems, parts not coming in. And yeah. if that first race is any indication of what the next two are going to be like, it's it's going to be really exciting to see how all this pans out over the next couple of months.
1: Well, I agree. And that's why, I mean, shoot, you, you were hoping for 30 cars. But when you think about the fact that um, you had at least two or three of the Oswego uh, cars that would have run that ended up either with damage or um in in the case of uh uh Dave Sholick Jr. I guess they only had one motor and couldn't swap it over or whatever in time so um you know the, the I think I think 30 is definitely achievable but more importantly this was a really competitive day it was great to see Michael Barnes there in the 11 um, and, uh, neat to see Johnny Benson in action at a swiggle. I don't know how many times Johnny has actually raced at a swiggle. I know it can't be too many. Um, but, uh, always neat to see him in the field in the licty car. I mean, you know, you figure there's, there's, there's at least six or seven cars. Um, so I think, I think 30 achievable. I think, you know, to, to get into the high twenties for the next show, as long as everybody stays healthy and we don't have any more um, disasters. Um, you figure that, you know, Jeff Abel probably would run. Um, you know, it's it, like you said, it's just been tough on um, parts and motors and, um, you know, all of that in the first couple of weeks of the Swiggle, let alone the other shows.
3: It has. Right. Exactly. And, and you mentioned Abel and, and Danzer was another one waiting on a motor yeah, that, that right. he just blew up. Tyler Thompson, same thing. Lane Racing is waiting on a second motor. Jerry Kern didn't quite get his stuff finished. I know Dave McKnight's planning on coming down. Jack Patrick wants to get out for this race. So you throw those few drivers in, plus another five or six possibilities, and I, I definitely think the high 20s are, are certainly achievable. And, and, yes, great to see Johnny Benson. He was he was pretty fast, and has run a swiggle a couple times in the past, had a second in the can of wings the night that Steve Miller's car won when Dave Grohl was oh, driving. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I didn't remember that.
3: And I think ran the classic with Brad Lichty in 2011, maybe, but nice to see him back with his team and is also going to run Jennerstown this weekend last I knew if they can nice. get another motor together. So he's, he's got a pretty busy summer, a super modified racing planned, including the, the next two shows at Oswego. So it's, that was cool to have a draw like, like Johnny Benson for this race
1: for sure um you know it was great to see Trent get the win uh McVeta Kyle Edwards uh I think Mike Barnes was fourth right and then uh and then yeah. Lichty ended up fifth if I remember right um you know it was interesting because Danny Connors actually hot lapped the 41 car um and my goodness I mean he was he wasn't all that far away from a you know away from a record um you know he he uh i was hoping we might see him in it but uh, russ was i guess that that was because russ just couldn't be there and then they ended up finishing uh one ahead of the other danny beat out russ (laughs) for sixth place and russ got seventh that was kind of interesting
3: yeah it was danny's uh he's filled in for russ quite a few times when when john hasn't been able to have russ here to to hot lap the car i know russ had a, a prior commitment on friday night but uh, John's, John's really wanted to find more speed out of that car and struggled a little bit to get it faster and boy that was uh, a lot faster in a big way yeah. I, I was thrilled for those guys when I saw the 14.9 come across and just a lot of speed in, in general on, on Saturday also and really all yeah. weekend, the, the top five cars in and, and time trials were 14.9 or faster and, and actually Barnes was the only 14.9, McVetta Edwards, Titterly and Lichty were all 14.8 so a lot of speed in the racetrack early in the season.
1: Yeah, it's good to see that. Uh, Eric Iosu, eighth. That car is beautiful. Otto Sitterly yeah. coming across in ninth. And uh, Molilji, yeah, I think I think I can read that right. Molilji finish in 10th. Um, I don't have the rest of the finish. If you want to read it through, go ahead.
3: Sure. 11th, 25, Dan Bowes. 12th, 78, Mark Samet. 13th, 97, Anthony Nocella. 14th, 74, Johnny Benson, 15th, 30, Talon Stevens, 16th, 61, Mike Ordway Jr., 17th to 55, Rich Reed, 18th, 88, A.J. Lisecki, 19th, 15, Michael Maldoon, 20th, 0, Tim Snyder, 21st, 83, Lula Bay, Jr., 22nd, 8, John Lisecki, and 23rd, the double zero Joe Gozik.
1: Okay, and let's see. This looks like Siddeley Benson and Muldoon were the heat winners. if I can read my own writing um and yeah, yeah that was um again uh, it you know was it was an interesting mix of cars that showed up for this first one and and as we've said um when you factor in the six to eight cars that we know of that would have liked to have run it, but just weren't able to for one reason or another um you would think at that point that, um, you know, we're, we're talking 30 cars plus, um, perhaps for the next show, which I think, what is that? That's in July, right?
3: July 9th. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I definitely think that 30 or more is, is obtainable. I just have to hope that, you know, the week before is the champagne Memorial. I hope, you know, that's a good, clean race. There isn't a lot of attrition and some of these Oswego guys that want to support it, don't get caught up with engine issues or, or accidents like we saw on opening night because it definitely cost us a good handful of three or four cars and yeah these poor other guys just i mean like like tyler thompson they went and invested in in a wing car and they're just waiting on a motor so it's yeah it, it just is one of those deals right now with what, what we're all dealing with in in this country where we're waiting on parts and everything's so expensive and, and taking so long to to be able to get off the production line you know and Hopefully, hopefully that starts to work itself out a little better as, as the year goes on, but I don't really know.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it ain't looking good for the home team, that's for sure. But no. um, you know, hopefully uh, we can we can uh, get some more people out of the out of the shop and uh, onto the track here. Uh, but congratulations to John nakotra and his entire team because as far as i'm concerned that was a tremendous first effort i think it shows the potential for what uh that can be um and now what i couldn't really get a good handle on was how was the grandstand did we have a good crowd saturday
3: night Honestly. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was the best crowd and I I guess you can't really call it a regular race, but outside of classic, the best crowd I've seen in a few years, the the parking lot was, was really full and good. I I think that all their hard work was, was honestly pretty well received. I know that John went to see 24 cars pull in the pit area, but
0: man, overall
3: the the sponsor support for this and the partners they brought on and the, the quality of the field, the drivers, the cars, um, I saw somebody put on Twitter this this really neat geographical map of where all the teams came from, and that was actually pretty oh, amazing really? to look at. Where where all the drivers had, had traveled from to compete in this event, and it's 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 a really cool thing, and I hope it's something that can continue here over the course of the next few seasons and and well beyond that. Yeah, it's it's
1: it's interesting. I think we all have uh, you know there's been ongoing discussions for a long time about you know um how do we sort of get everybody on the same page and and is that is that possible is that necessary um you know where does big block super modified racing go in the future what's the long-term strategy and um you know i mean i don't want to start a a ruckus here but i you know i i think we can learn something here uh and again it's one race let's see what the other two produce right. but um it you know you i've always been a big believer that y- you know you believe what you see and so you know let's see where the next two races go and then you know we can have some discussion but um you know certainly um a great group of cars and drivers and um I thought it was a great race honestly I really did so congratulations to uh Trent Stevens we'll see if we can uh get Trent on uh, one of the next up and coming shows here and, uh, talk to him about that. And, uh, Mike McVetta as well. Um, cause both of those guys, I feel like there were almost two winners. Um, you know, it's, it was almost, it was really sad to see Mike get beat at the end, but, uh, certainly a great win for Trent, and, um, you know, the kind of a finish that you would have hoped for, right. Uh, good race to the end. So, um, SBS, uh, gosh, man, I felt bad for Griffin Miller and his team, uh, wins the race, but then post-race tech, uh, an issue with the carb and, um, that, um, sent him to the back of the finishing order and, um, ha- uh, happy birthday, Merry Christmas, Danny K. um, he gets his second win in a row. And, um, you know, again, I, you can't take anything away from, from Danny because you gotta, you gotta be in it to win it. And, um. You know, unfortunately, uh, you know, Griffin had an issue, and so Danny gets the win. Um, he and that team just on a roll right now, and, um, you know, it, it was certainly a, a a good win for him and a disappointing end to the night for Griffin and his team after that opening day crash came all the way back and um, took the checkers and then had that issue.
3: Yeah, you said it. I mean, I felt terrible for, for Griffin and, and his team that was a, a long week of rebuilding the, the body and, and all the wreck suspension parts and, yeah. and the front and rear end of that car and to come out. And uh, they weren't the fastest car in the future, but but one of the fastest cars and certainly enough to, to be competitive. And when Josh Sekolik broke, he, he had that race in his hip pocket. And it was, it was over with and uh, really, really unfortunate. That's fortunately something I've never had to, to go through. And I hope something that, I never have to go through because yeah. i I can't imagine the way that would feel to to have a win and and then just have it taken away like that, and certainly, I don't think something they were aware of in any way shape or form, and just one of those deals that's just too bad,
1: yeah, it's um you know the 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 hardest part about any time this happens in any race. Um, you have tech there for a reason, right and and, and the job of a good right. tech team should be to call the car right, not to call it wrong. in other words you you want to make sure that the tech team isn't, you know concerned first with finding some picky little thing, right? And some mm-hmm. tech people yep. seem to think that's their job. um but, uh, you want to make sure everybody's on a level playing field. And, and for whatever reason, the card was out of spec. So, um, you know, again, top break for Griffin and the team. I'm sure they'll be back. Uh, your your dad and I talked uh, about that in, in his interview um, earlier in the show uh, about, you know, that that young man's going to – he's got a lot of wins coming if he keeps running like that. Um, and um, But, again, Danny taking advantage of that and – I, you know, I watched the race and, and I mean, it was just a mess. Uh, you know, again, a lot of, a lot of uh, cautions, a lot of contact, a lot of uh, bent sheet metal. Um, now, again, you know, every blessing has a curse. And, and if you want to look at it, uh, every curse has some sort of a blessing. And, and this one was that when you look at the top five at, at the end, um you know, Danny ended up being the winner. And then you've got Derek Hilton finishing second. And I think he's only been racing like two or three years. And then you had John Carson, who's been racing for like two weeks, and Greg Richardson um, third and fourth. And Mark Denny Jr. Um, finished in fifth. And I can't remember if Denny, I was trying to remember. In my notes, if Denny was a second-year driver, it seemed to me like he's been there longer than that. But maybe not. But I mean, you just look at that, and it was like, wow, um, you know. So again, um, tough for a lot of the guys that you would think would be in the top five at the end, but an opportunity for some of these rookies and and you know drivers that don't normally finish in the top five to get a little bit of the spotlight, and um, and for some of them, a real confidence boost going forward.
3: For sure. Yeah, that's the good thing you can take away from it. I thought it was really cool. Uh, you mentioned Derek and, and Mark, who are both just second-year drivers, but it feels like they've been there y- longer because we've had the, the COVID year where they where they practiced all year, but yeah. last year was their first season. And so, you know, in their sophomore, their sophomore driving season to get a top five, week two into it is, is pretty cool, and a second, no less, for Derek. And Uh, part of it you got to be in it to win it like you said and i was in the same situation last week we were not a top five car we're okay but we didn't belong in the top five and survived and were rewarded with a good finish and 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 same for all these guys but really as as a whole without sugarcoating it it was an absolutely horrible race and they they just just too many accidents that, that don't need to happen and my my dad got sideways and then there's five more cars wrecked than that that didn't need to be wrecked. And it's just, you know, it's well, just frustrating for the class really is what it is. It was, yeah, you know, again, it just, it, you're
1: right, it wasn't a great race. And yet, you know, good fortune for a lot of drivers, again, who don't get a lot of the glory. But, you know, when you look at, um, I mean, I, there was a, a part of it where I thought Josh Sokolik was going to run away with it. And then he had some sort of an issue and, and then, you know, Miller took over and you thought he was going to win. And then, you know, um, and he did win. And then you have that issue, but you, you know, you Ratcliffe O'Connor, gosh, I don't even remember the rest of the guy. There were bunches of drivers that were taken out in accidents. And so just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Pisa was one of them. Um, So um, I mean, looking and and of course, then you 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 look at the fact that I mean we had I think there were like seventeen or eighteen cars to start, and then you look at the top ten, which is what I wrote down. You had Danny, Derek, John, Greg Richardson finishing, um, and Mark Denny, and then um, gosh, you had uh, Noah Ratcliffe finished in sixth, Sokolik seventh, and they didn't even you know have <laughs> I mean, you. <laughs> they were in the pits. Pisa yeah. uh Rencher finished in ninth, Robbie Wirth and uh Josh Wallace ended up tenth. But I mean, um y- you could go through the rest of the field uh if you have it, but they I mean, it was just it was. this was the SBS equivalent of the uh Port City super race the week before.
3: It yeah. was really. It's it's just unfortunate because that's that's not in the super modified class or the SBS class, when I, when I say those were awful races, they were, but that's, that's not the state that either of these divisions are, are in right now. It's not like every race for the rest of the season is going to be like that. It's just truly, there's, there's a good mix of a lot of second year drivers, rookies, veteran drivers in this class and, and the super modifieds. There's an unbelievable talent pool. We only had 17 cars, but it, it was 17 quality cars. So yeah, it's, it's just too bad that the first couple of weeks we've, we've had that issue in in both of these classes, but it's just, it's just racing really. It's just bad luck. And I don't think you're going to have a, a crash fest and an attrition filled mess every single week this year. And no, in either of these all. divisions at all, it's just been really unfortunate that that's the way it's worked.
1: Well, I don't think it's bad driving. It's just circumstance. Um, you, know, yeah, and, I agree. And, yep, you know, I agree. You know, I mean, there maybe in some cases drivers made mistakes, but I mean, a lot of it, you know, once a driver, Get sideways or or comes off the wall in the middle of the field. I mean, you know, you're gonna have multiple cars involved, and that's just it's kind of what we've seen. Um, so, uh, do you have the rest of the finish there beyond tenth?
3: Yeah, eleventh was the thirty-five AJ Larkin, twelfth the ninety Greg O'Connor, thirteenth the sixty-two DJ Schumann, fourteenth the double zero Jude Parker, fifteenth the seventy-two Drew Pascuzzi, sixteenth the twenty-two Ryan Gunther, seventeenth fifty-four Tim Proud. And Griffin was credited with 18th.
1: Okay, so, uh, and I had, who'd I have? Uh, uh Sokolic uh, Miller and Danny K picked up the heat wins and that, and, um, that was, um, it, that was like i said it wasn't it, it wasn't the best race but uh, it was a good race for a lot of guys it, early in the season who can use a good finish and that that we'll just kind of leave it at that um and and uh and, and roll from there but uh, hopefully um a lot of these guys will get there be able to get their cars back for the next one now in the, in the um in the 350 super class um, Brian Sobus got his, I think we've all been, been waiting for this. We all knew that it would happen eventually. Um, and, uh, you know, Brian ends up winning. Uh, I mean, you know, this is going to be a team be, with him. And, and now again, we don't know how long Bobby Holmes stays in the 75, but, you know, you've got a two car team there with two cars that can win on any given night. Um, and Brian uh ends up getting his first ever three fifty super modified win. And um that's awesome. I just am so happy. I know how hard Brian has worked for all these years to be successful at oswego and he's you know, he's done really well in the in the SBS class, he's he's done really well in the super modifieds, and finally, um, you know, now in the 350, after you know a handful of races or so, I think with uh, with that team um, goes to victory lane. Uh, that was also a fun race. Chase Lock was there, Holmes was there. Um, you know, it. Uh, man, I mean, there's again not a lot of cars, but there's a lot of quality cars. I feel like in that division this year, and some that are not yet uh they haven't you know they're still struggling that when 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 they figure the cars out and get where they need to be you could have four or five cars every week battling for the win
3: absolutely yeah and it it was a good race these the 350s they've been pretty clean and green knock on wood this was another green to checkered race and honestly when andrew and and carl chardner had tabbed brian to to drive the sbs last year i was kind of I was happy for Brian, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, here's here's two drivers that I'd like to see in a 350. Both Andrew and Brian, and yes. two drivers that I certainly think could win in the 350 class. So I agree. I was I was thrilled when Mike Barbera gave Brian Solves the opportunity, and I knew it was only gonna be a matter of time before he found victory lane. And five or six races in, you know, there it is. There you go. And it's a it's a super modified win for for brian i mean make make no mistake these are super modified so it doesn't matter if they don't have a big block in them exactly he, he finished second three times uh, i believe once with mike murphy in the 60 and then twice with his own 79 and the big blocks and just really cool for somebody that i think is so deserving to finally be able to say i want to i want a super modified feature yes. at Speedway. Yes. That's that's special really cool well and and
1: and driver and owner, because uh Mike has put a lot into those cars and that team and um and of course uh you know Tyler Thompson has shown a lot of speed and um you know now Brian in the forty five I think is 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 figuring that car out, and uh yeah, great race chase lock finishing second Holmes ends up third, Kyle Perry was fourth and Dalton Doyle. Um, finished up in fifth and looks like Lefave, Cliff, Bruce, Kenny, Kelly, Spalding, and Clark. Did I call that right? You did. All right. Um, and then, um, uh, I've got, uh, Kyle Perry. That was fun to see him win a heat too, by the way. Uh, and Doyle got the other one.
3: Yeah. Kyle's Kyle struggled opening night and got it going a lot better Saturday night and chase locks. second again, <laughs> They're, they're busting on him on facebook calling him second place chase it's fifth, <laughs> i did place finish in a swiggle that's that's crazy that's uh well i mean i have five too but you know that's he's he's going to be tough all year and oh, yeah. that's a, a big commitment to, to drive from new england to a swiggle every week and it's really paying off for them so far but i'm going to be interested to see what happens with with the 75 car because some of the best battles in the early season have been between Bobby and chase and Brian and chase. And yeah, um, I wanted that, that 75 car. I know Mike is trying to sell it, but it's way too good of a car to, to sit or, you know, not listed yeah. list on Facebook marketplace, not racing. So, you know, when, when the McLeod's get the other car back, I hope they find another good quality driver to, to put in that car because Bobby's just been tremendous and, and watching new guys to a swiggle like, like him and, and Chase Locke has been really enjoyable.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, and, and again, you know, you look at this division, you got that car that's going to need a driver. Um, and, you know, you've got, so the 32 will eventually be, be out and uh, racing, and that'll have Bobby behind the wheel. So there's another race-winning car. Um, Sokolik has got... His 350 that uh, seems like it's imminent um, any week now, that car could be out. You have um, Danny Kay and that team have the 350, you say, later in the season. But again, we know that's coming. And then you look at the current group. um, You've got Cliff, uh, who you know can run much better, and Mike Bruce, who, you know, obviously the defending champion can run much better. Um, And, you know, you just, you look at, you know, the weeks Jeffrey Battle comes in or some of the other guys from New Hampshire. This is a, this is a division that, you know, I think is going to settle in somewhere around 13 to 15, 16 cars a week over the course of the season. And again, there's going to be five or six of those at least that really could contend for wins every week. And And when you look at that and you see, like you said, Chase Locke second, 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 this kid is, I mean, I don't even know if he's shaving yet. You know, he's so young, you know, this kid (laughs) is like what, 15, 14, Um,
3: 16. Is he 16 now?
1: But I mean, you know, he's, he came out of the box just like a a bear and um, you know, it's kind of one of those things like, you know, in the, in the beginning, Um, Jeffrey Battle dominated so many of the races and you feel like there's going to be a a Chase Lock win streak at some point. He's just got to get that first one. And it's like, once you get the first one, then they seem to come quicker. And so, you know, he is proving to be just a really um, smart, steady, young racer who doesn't make a lot of mistakes and doesn't put his car at risk. Um, And I think that that's that's going to be a big deal for him as he continues his career. So yeah, this class, again, it's not about quantity right now in in this class. It's about quality, and this class has it, and they're fun to watch.
3: They are, yeah. And you'll have also Talon Hawksby and hopefully Nick Barzey too. So oh, that's right, um, yeah, yeah. Once July when... rolls around, I think we'll be averaging fourteen to sixteen the rest of the year and have over a twenty car field for the classic again. So that's. That's really good. And that's without the new England guys that that we're going to average that. And, and and you mentioned Dave Cliff, there's somebody who's had a ton of speed this year. Mike Bruce, same thing, right? Six and seven Friday night and a couple guys with bad luck, but once, once they they're all hitting on it and and figuring out a little bit more of the the setup and you've seen the Oswego guys catch up to some of the new England invaders, it's the racing in that class is, going to get really good, I think. And just, it it's exciting. I mean, I think it's it just is. as exciting as as any of the the other two divisions well, there on any given week uh regardless of quantity. So, um sometimes I wish I had one myself.
1: Well, um the 75 car is uh is going to be available. So maybe you should give Mike a call and uh you could do double duty sometimes um or, or I think my dad would fire me yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah he might just do that uh but uh yeah he, your dad might be back in the super modified um yeah but uh no it's um it that that's a really really fun like i said fun class to watch it, it's it's a, i think that's kind of a good way to sum up where where all the the racing in the is you know you're not you don't have 24 cars in any one division, but, boy, have you got a lot of competitive cars in every division. And if, if you know, we could just get rid of all the, the, the crashes and the damage and the blown motors that we started the season with and get on a run of some good fortune in those departments, um, you know, I think we could, we could really see some interesting racing. So um, fun to see how well everything went the other night uh, overall and uh, certainly impressed with the uh, first race of the wing challenge and can't wait to see where, um, where that series goes over the course of the next couple of races. What is uh, what is coming up over the next few weeks in Oswego that everybody should know about? And uh, what, any news or whatever that we've got, let's go ahead and get it out there.
3: Well, Saturday, this coming Saturday, the 11th will be a little bit, different the sbs and 350s are off and we're bringing in the new york Superstocks, and that's their it's the first of three Superstock shows first of two new york super Stock shows the the dlm Superstocks is jody london's own sanction yes. that they're going to be using for for classic weekend so we have a Superstock show this coming weekend and then again in august and going to be using that one as kind of a dlm tune-up later in the year but should have a great field of of super stocks Saturday, and then twin 35s for for the super modifieds alongside the super stocks. And heat racing will start at six o'clock. Super modified heats will be first, and then go into the first 35 lapper, the super stock 30 lapper, and then the second 35 lap uh, super modified twin. So a little bit little bit different. The the following week on the 18th, the super modifieds get the night off, and then we have double features for both the SBS and the three fifties on that night. So nice. it's, yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit different. I, I wish the, I wish the three fifties were racing this week and I kind of wish we were racing the, the 18th rather than have twins for both classes on the same night. But I don't know. I just, I just want more time in that super. <laughs>
1: well, I don't blame you. <laughs> and,
3: uh, <laughs> yeah, it's tough.
1: It's, it's, um, you know, and it is, you know, I've, I've, over the years, the twin 35s, it's like the shorter you make the distance, right? The harder everybody runs. And it seems right. like the more risk everybody takes and then you get, um, so hopefully everybody gets, uh, gets through, uh, gets through those cleanly. And hopefully we can get everybody back for the, for that show. Um, and a good field of supers to go with. I know we're going to have a good field of the super stocks. I, I, I'm glad to see those back on the schedule a few times. Um, because I think that, uh, as a sort of, you know, three to four time a year sort of thing, I think it's, it mixes things up a little bit and lets the fans see something different. And those guys love racing a Swiggo. So, um, we'll be exciting to see how that goes, uh, on Saturday night as well. So, um, okay. Uh, any news that, uh, we need to hit on, uh, before we, uh, we still got feel like we've still got a number of super modified cars that um haven't yet made their appearance um anybody that we know that's imminent um i thought about Todd Stole the other day and some other guys uh, who who uh who could we expect to get out of the garage for the first time in the coming couple weeks anybody
3: yeah this week i think we'll we had 15 opening night i think we'll have 18 or 19 this week which is Better for sure. I know how sure. the tulips coming. Mike Bruce is going to have his super there. Joey Payne just posted that he's going to, he's going to run. So there's, there's three more there. And then I don't know the, the 44 team, the Vic Miller team was kind of on the fence. They had some speed opening night with, with Ben sites driving and might be back this week. I know Jerry Kern and Todd Stoll were both trying to get ready for the wing show and not the, the swig opener. Oh, okay. I, I don't know what the, what the story is there. Uh, obviously, neither of them were able to make it to the wing show, so maybe we could we could gain a couple of those guys this week, and then two more that have talked about showing up here and there are Michael Muldoon and and Mike McVetta. I know McVetta won't be doing that this week because they have Jennerstown, but right Maldoon is is a possibility. I'd like to reach out to him, but either way, 18 or 19 is better than than 15, and I think we'll average 18 to 19 this year, which isn't wonderful, but it's, it's not bad.
1: Yeah, um and you know, you, I think last I knew, I think Mike had a couple of Mike Muldoon has a couple of cars, so maybe uh maybe we can get them to to Oswego 1 and wing the other and uh run some shows, but um yeah, definitely uh definitely looking forward to it and uh, appreciate as always the opportunity to have you on and uh we'll catch up next week uh after Um, you know, your next attempt in the, uh, in the super modified. And uh, we'll see how that goes for you and uh, talk about the twins and the super stock race as well.
3: Sounds good, Tom. Thanks. I just hope everyone makes it through the first 35 lapper. Yes,
1: exactly. Let's pray for a nice clean night of racing uh, at the Oswego Speedway this weekend and good weather as well. And uh, with that uh, we say thanks to Camden Proud and we'll have more of inside groove after this. Welcome back to the inside groove episode 100. It's been a full one already between, uh, Tim proud and Camden proud. Uh, it's been a fun way to celebrate the 100th show here, uh, of the current inside groove podcast and, uh, like to finish up here with uh, what's in the number because that's uh what we do here now i have to give robert metcalf credit here because robert was um apparently uh he likes the what's in the number segment so he had this idea that well you know yeah you're you're now into triple digits for your show however you didn't start what's in the number until the 36th episode So why don't you just take the last two digits of the episode number, in this case, double zero, and then go double zero to oh nine, and then one to 35, and that way you can kind of complete your your, uh, what's in the number set. And and, you know, I hadn't thought of that, but uh, thank you, Robert, because it's a cool idea. So um, today we're going to focus on the number double zero do I really have to say Joe Gozik Joe about owns this number. I think when you've run a number for 42 straight years now, I know, I know he's driven some other cars. He drove for Jeff Carson, um, drove for, for Muldoon, Mike, Mike Muldoon senior drove for Tom bliss. I think once he won a feature right in the, in the, what was it? 65 car. I think, um, you know he's driven for some other people. Drove for John Nicotra for a few races, but look, I mean he's always had the double zero ever since he started. Right? Um, I mean first race was in the ninety nine for uh, for Steve Joya for Joya Racing, um, and that's that's the car. By the way, if you don't know, um, and again because we do have a lot of younger audience here, uh, that's the car that was known as the Joya chevy the car that larry Trinka has now one of the two that's the car that steve won the uh 1976 classic with so um joe started in that car got his first night of racing in it um or at least he now you know what i now i'm trying to remember if he actually ever did i think he did race that night i know he uh Donnie Joya hot lapped it and and drove it and then I think the next week Joe Gozik got in it hot lapped it and I think he raced it um that evening but I now I'm not totally sure um somebody will obviously <laughs> correct me on that but um now that I'm thinking about it I'm not sure that Joe hot lapped it and then Donnie raced it in the in the event or whether Joe finished that night racing the car but uh and it ended up that Joe got an opportunity in the double zero car for Tony Ocetic in 1980, uh, Tony and Jim Gray split for whatever reason. And, and, uh, the car was, the car needed a driver and Tony tapped Joe. And so, um, thus began all that. Right. And so again, for the most part, Joe has had that, that number for 42 straight years. So Joe gets to be featured two shows in a row. Um, the first obviously, was when we reran his indie interview, uh, which still gives me goosebumps. every time I hear that interview, it gives me goosebumps, not because of me, but because of Joe in the story that he that he told, which totally was unexpected by me for him to get into that kind of detail, but that was just it just it, it just does, it gives me chills. Um, but uh, then, of course, this show, The double zero is Joe's number, all right? It just is. So with that being said, let's go back uh, a bit. Now, again, uh, you know, I I wasn't around the Speedway in the 60s. So if any of you have got a double zero from the 60s, please feel free to tell us. The first one I actually remember isn't even in person. It was uh, reading it a program, and it was um, Tony Lavati had two cars at some point between 70 and 72 don't remember which year um and i think they were zero and double zero if i remember correctly and and um todd gibson drove one or the other uh and now i don't know um i'm not clear on whether both cars raced weekly if todd and tony drove them together if you know one was the backup for Todd or whatever, but I know Todd drove one of them. they were rear engine cars and and maybe even Gibson built for all I know um and then uh i rem- I think I remember Andy Brown animal Andy, I think I remember him being in a double zero as well, but I don't know you know anything about what car that would have been um or even if I'm correct on that, but I think somewhere in there with Andy Brown. Now the first double zero that I remember seeing race was the Ken Reese car. And I, I want to say this would have been what year, 1974, I think. And it was uh, Paul Baumhauer who drove it. Now this was, if I remember Gary Albritton's interview Um, which we need to bring that back as an encore too, um, Gary, I think the way Gary explained it was that, um, the, the car that became the number 75 that he raced in 1975, the red, reddish car that he had such success with for Dick Routh, um, I believe he said that the the Reese car was a copy of that car which was a sort of All Britain Gibson sort of um car I think um or it may have been a copy of the gold car that Gary had before I don't know I I uh, I'm, I'm not real clear on that but um I don't think Todd actually built the double zero, which is where I'm going with this. I believe if I remember correctly, and I often don't lately, it seems, but I believe that, uh, that, uh, Kenny Reese built that himself or with help. But I think it was a copy, kind of a copy of a Gibson car, but it was a nice looking car. And, uh, I think Baumhauer ran it for, I don't even know if he ran weekly, he may have, but, um, at some point he, didn't drive the car anymore and doug sire got into it um and doug actually ran pretty good with it and i think raced it in the classic and may have even finished the year out in it and um then the following year it i don't think it started the season it may have missed a race or two but then it came back and Jim Gray was behind the wheel and um interesting obviously a, a, it was it was Jim's finest time at the speedway driving that car because that car was uh it was a good car and Jim got the most out of it and ended up winning a feature with it one night and my gosh back in those days um the fans used to be You know, they, when, when the race was over, everybody would run to the pits and the, the victory lane mob scene was incredible in those days. And I just remember there were two and, and there, and there were probably more, but there were two specific instances that I remember, um, going to victory lane before I actually went into the pit area. And again, I was a kid and I think this is why these, this memory or these memories stand out because, everything makes so much bigger of an impression when you're a kid, right? I mean, you think the world is so much bigger than it is, you know, um, and so everything, you know, every place seems further away than it is, you know, that kind of thing. And so you tend to sort of magnify um, experiences. And I just remember that by the time I got to the pits to the victory lane, I couldn't get near Jim gray for a while. Um, and my dad had worked with him at Niagara Mohawk, um, or, you know, not literally with him in the same. He, 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 they were both working for Niagara Mohawk in different, um, parts of it, uh, different roles. And so he knew Jim. And so Jim, you know, Jim always was, was kind. Of course, Jim was kind to everybody. So I'm not claiming any special, uh, there but um jim was always nice to, and so i was so happy to see him get the win and then the other time was ronnie wallace when he got his first win i mean there are pictures of that one and in like just like it was a swarm of bees like again i couldn't get near ron and again my dad knew ronnie and so um they were friends and uh so that made that one special even though he beat jimmy (laughs) <laughs> to beat Jimmy to do it. Um, that was just one of those wild finishes we used to get at the swing. You don't get them much anymore. Um, you know, we had one with a wing show last Saturday, late race pass, but you don't get that as much anymore. But that one was the last lap, turn four. I think Ronnie went to the outside, if I remember right, and just nipped Jimmy at the line. And oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, it used to be so cool that that everybody would just sort of swarm. And, and, you know, it was, it was the, the drivers, um, always at a Swiggo. That's one of the cool things is that, you know, you don't see that at every racetrack. Um, in fact, very few and, and almost none anymore, but the drivers back then had just such a special relationship with the fans, um, you know, and, and so you would see that sort of situation happen, especially after somebody wins their first race. But I remember those two. So Jim Gray, anyway, Jim, um, Jim spent uh, 75 in the car and uh, gosh, uh, what happened? So I think if I remember right, that was only a one year situation in Tony. And then I think that was I think it was for 76 that Tony Osetic bought the car. And um, Johnny Cook drove, and I don't remember John racing very long. Um, I think maybe just a season, and I'm not even sure if he ran the entire year. In fact, I I have this memory of Jim Cheney getting in the car at one point, um, maybe a Port City that year or some big race, and uh, I don't know why, but I remember Jim being in it, and... And then I I don't think, like I said, I don't think John was in the car very much or very long. And then the next year, I want to say that maybe Jim Gray got back in it and raced it for a year or two. And then he and Tony came out with the... They had an offset car that they built which was still one of my all-time that car was just so cool. The the colors on it it was I think it was like orange and white and um the body shape, the body style, just the way it looked, it was just a really sweet looking super. Um I don't think they raced it together very much of a season and I don't know if that was 78 or 79. Maybe it was 79 and uh they had the number sixty nine on it and I have no idea why uh I don't know what the what was behind that that number change. Maybe somebody can enlighten us on that but um and I think that that at that moment, I don't think there was another double zero that year, so I don't know why tony uh so I think the double zero just didn't you know didn't run um and then in nineteen eighty Uh, it went, I think they went, they took that 69 car and it went back to that sort of black and, you know, with the the color scheme on it, double zero that everybody knows Joe for, um, because that was when Joe got in the car, um, later in the season before classic, I think maybe raced uh, a few times, perhaps mid season, a few times, um, and and then did did a nice job in the classic that year. Then he and Donnie finished. I don't remember who beat who. I think maybe Donnie beat Joe by a spot, but it was like I think they were like twelfth and thirteenth or something, or thirteenth and fourteenth in the classic, something like that. I think they were in the top fifteen. And of course, then we all know what Joe's career has been like, and he's he's still doing it at sixty six. Amazing, um, and still competitive. Um, now, I. I don't recall, again, Joe did race occasionally for other people. I don't recall anybody other than Joe racing a double zero from the time Joe started it. Other than maybe if, I mean, I'm thinking that perhaps, and I don't know this, I'm just throwing it out there. If anybody would have gotten in the car besides Joe, it would have been uh, Bobby Smith, maybe. Uh, When Joe was driving for somebody else, I could see a scenario where maybe Bobby drove the double zero once, twice or whatever. But um, I don't think Joe ever really was much about putting anybody in the car when, you know, when uh, he was not. So um, I don't believe that anybody has driven a double zero except for Gozik from 1980 forward. And I think I've got all of the rest of, of that covered now, there was uh, my brain wants to tell me that there was a night during Jim Gray's tenure when Jim couldn't race the car uh, for whatever reason, and maybe Jim Muldoon got in it. And I want to say that would have been somewhere in the late seventies. It wouldn't have been the last iteration of the Double Zero. It would have been the 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 Reese for the Reese car that, that Tony bought somewhere in that, that, um, in that 77, 78, maybe Jim Muldoon one night drove the car. Um, you know, somebody that, that maybe one of our real crack data people could research that. Um, but, uh, that's the only other driver I can think of that, you know, um, so basically we had a, we had Jim gray in, in the, in the, in the Reese, car that became the Osetic car. We had Baumhauer, then we had Jim Gray, Jim Cheney, and Jim Muldoon and John Cook, if I'm right about all that. And then um the the newer Osetic, which was the sixty nine that became the double zero in nineteen eighty, and again this is all out of my head. Um I think that would have been Jim Gray and then Joe Gozik and that's it. I think I think Joe's owned the number for all these years. Um unbelievable really i mean when you think about um the the career that joe's had and is still having it's pretty it it just it's it just goes to show you that if you enjoy something enough and you're willing to keep that commitment to excellence that that joe has he's still he's not out there just driving around he wants to be competitive for wins and i think as long as he feels he can do that he'll keep going um and he you know here he is 42 years later. And Camden mentioned how tulip in his interview. And this has nothing to do with the double zero. I think I've kind of covered that here, but I, but I was thinking that how tulip started in the same period of times uh, as Joe did. Now, look, I don't want to get into well, but he missed four weeks here. or Maybe took a season off here. Um it, I'm just saying that I don't, you know, everybody talks about Joe and his length of time in the class. I don't want to leave Hal out because we really ought to all give Hal a huge proud on the back because that man, you know, obviously he's not going to win a feature. He knows that, Um, you know, he's out there having fun doing the best he can. And it's, it's people like Hal that really put the color into motorsports um, Hal's a great story. And, you know, it's just amazing, honestly, that he's coming back. I hadn't heard anything about him. Wasn't sure, uh, if we would see him this year or not. Uh, but you know, really excited to see Hal. that, that Cam says, Hal is, is due anytime and, and planning to come back. That's, that's, that's awesome. So, um, Again, I think we we are uh, we we need when we talk about Joe's longevity. I think we ought to include Hal, um, and you know you've obviously got other guys um, that um, have been doing that have been racing supers for a, a good long time. Um, you know, Dave McKnight comes to mind, but the, it's not always been at Oswego, and it's not been. Uh, you know, again, Dave is mostly racing sprint cars now, but it's still amazing. Again, he's, you know, he's not 25 anymore and he's still running. Doug, Doug Didero was in that group. Um, he just retired, you know, it, you just, there's that point in time where you just realize that either you're, you're not committed to it anymore mentally, or, you know, the, the, the eyesight or the hand-eye coordination or the, the judgment or, you know, some sort of physical kind of um, breakdown starts to happen as, you know, as you get older and, you know, you just, uh, you just realize it's time to get out. Um, It's amazing. Some of these guys. So uh, I thought I would throw Hal into the conversation as well, though it has nothing to do with double zero because he doesn't get nearly the um, the recognition and, and, you know, the uh, the praise. I honestly, every time uh, Roy or Joe call Hal's name over the PA system when they're doing a lineup. The whole grandstand ought to stand up and cheer for him. <laughs> really, I mean, we we need those. We need Hal's. Um, so uh glad to hear he might come back. Okay. Um. Well. Uh. That that basically brings us to a close here. Uh. Show one hundred. Wow. Thank you to. First of all, all of you that have that that listen and sort of interact in the groups with me, with the show, with, you know, sharing the show um, again, sharing the show is not about making me famous. It's about making super modified racing and the drivers who do it and the people who are involved famous. Um, So please, um, if you would just take the time each week to share now. I would recommend that you share from the Inside Groove Facebook page. And by the way, uh, I owe all of you an apology. I, apparently, last week I posted the show, the 99th show. I posted it well on time to uh, Transistor, where I, where I—that's kind of my host s- server for the podcast—and then it has an RSS feed that sends it out to a lot of the uh, typical, you know. Um, uh spotify whatever um podcast sites but then also uh that's where I share it from there to I share that that uh to nation.com. and um it automatically populates on the home page of my website as soon as I post it on transistor within you know 5 to 10 minutes it's on steeringwillnation.com um so you know, again, point of first reference, if you're wondering, you know, is there a new inside groove? Just check steeringwheelnation.com because if it's been posted to Transistor, if it's been put up on the Internet, it's going to be there on the homepage. Just scroll down to our the our show section and there there will be. Um, and of course, uh, but I forgot to share it to the socials. So uh, I don't know why. Uh, obviously got distracted and just in my in my brain, uh, my mind takes more frequent naps these days. So, um, obviously, I just thought I had, and, and then uh, I think it was Larry Trinker. Somebody had said, where the heck's the show? I guess it was Camden, um, you know, wondering if I would posted it, and that's when I caught the error. So, it is up now. It is has been shared. So, if any of you missed episode 99, it's out there. Um, you know, go listen to it. It was, it was a fun show, and listen to Joe's uh, interview from... 2019 um, either for the first time or uh the second time i think it was actually i think it was 20 i did it um but um you know listen to it again it's well worth it again great story um so yeah best place again look for the show on the inside group facebook page but also as a fallback steeringwillnation.com. com. and by the way um we're also finishing up we had a last minute software swap we decided to, to to change um the 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 software we're gonna use for this, but we're just about ready for me to say everybody sign up um for the uh newsletter because that you you'll get the show right in your inbox. You won't even have to go chase it. It'll just show up. So um, you know, not yet, but um, that's coming. So um, when when that's ready, which hopefully will be by the time I tape next week's show, we should have that in place, I hope. And I'll be able to tell you to do that. And the, all, the other thing is, is we're going to put some other content in there. So um, that's where we're, we get to kind of have a little fun. It's going to be um, an opportunity for me to to write some stuff, put some additional interviews in there that aren't in the show itself. Um, so it will be worth all of you signing up for that. We're not I'm not charging anything. Um, just, uh, just a way, basically I'm trying to make it impossible for someone to not be able to find the show who wants to. So either you can just go to SteeringWheelNation.com, You can go to the inside group Facebook page. If you're on Facebook and the, you know, you'd be surprised at how many people have contacted me over the last couple of years. We don't bother with Facebook or we don't have Spotify or whatever. Um, okay, fine. So now, just sign up and we're going to put it right in your inbox. <laughs> so we'll deliver it to you. Um no tip necessary. So uh yeah, that's kind of what we're working on and so we're going to we're going to have some fun. I you know this this new brand that I've created a big part of the reason I did it was because I needed to catch up to the new technology that was out there and start learning how to do what you know a lot of the younger media already know instinctively how to use all this stuff. So, um, this year is kind of my, you know, my discovery year. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, if I go to a track, okay, yeah, I can do this or I could do that. Or how do I, you know, if I do a video, then I, now how do I edit it? (laughs) You know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's basically the old dog trying to learn new tricks. So, um, excited that we've we've arrived there we've got the magazine coming um we'll tell you more about that down the road that's coming very quickly uh we've we've got the um the the racing theme cruise that we're working on uh doesn't sail till the end of next year but it is uh it is going to be a lot of fun can't wait for that um and we're we're slowly getting details together on that as well so, um a lot of stuff going on. Got a good group of people around me and um you know, we're trying to to have a positive impact on not only the sport itself at the grassroots level but you know, also just gives people something positive for crying out loud. So much negativity in the world right now and in your news feeds that we just want, you know, we just want to um tell stories and have a good time and and uh kind of um you know present uh, some 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 things that people can um take a break with and you know forget about uh what else is going on all the nasty negative crap that we're all dealing with um from day to day so uh again thanks to the sponsors as well uh sean cathcart from skips fish fry Lagroff's pub um rich worth from jns paving the Mozart of Macadam and um of course Jeff West and the folks from IPcindy dot com. All of all of those folks are my friends in addition to uh supporters of the show and I really appreciate all of that. Uh all of their help and support and encouragement. Um we're just, you know, we're gonna have a good time going forward and hopefully as we uh get some of this uh technology onboarded. Um, we will eventually have apps coming as well for the, for the brand. So you'll be able to download an app, uh, to your phone and do pretty much anything you can do with the website. So that's in the plans as well. And, um, just lots of stuff. So we're just trying to do what we can for, um, short track racing. And I, you know, I just, you know, me just love to have, love having fun and racing for me is as exciting as it ever was. And, um, you know, I love it all. I don't discriminate. Not, you know, super modified, as so I tell everybody. <laughs> That's my favorite. But, you know, um, doesn't matter what it is. I enjoy all of it. And mostly because I have been able to co- sort of grasp the idea that all of motorsports is people. And people have great stories. And so whether it's, you know, a young person on the on the way up or whether it's a veteran who's been racing 40, 50 years, um, you know, I just love letting everybody else hear from those people and be as hopefully as excited about them as, you know, as, uh, as I am. And, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely fun to, to do what I do. And, and it's, it's a lot of work, but it's not work when your passions, your profession, that's a blessing. And, um, you know, so again, um, enough said that thank you to all of you. Uh, Show 101 coming up next week. Should be a lot of fun. Until then, I'm Tom Baker. So long.
0: You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production.